ora and welcome to Family, Whānau and Disability, a podcast brought to you by Parent to Parent New Zealand. We are here for the many Kiwi families out there caring for a disabled child or family member. We know the journey caring for a disabled or a neurodiverse child is not an easy or a straightforward one. So this podcast is a place to explore the issues that affect us, to share stories, swap tips and even have a laugh or two. We would love for you to join us each month, so make sure you subscribe. Please also be aware that the views shared are those of the individual and may not represent the views of parent to parent. Welcome to Connect, Inform, Support on Free FM 89.0. Brought to you by Parent to Parent, the not for profit organisation supporting families and whanau of babies, children, teens, and adults with any type of disability or health impairment. Paula Tessarero became the New Zealand Disability Rights Commissioner in August last year, and it's a pleasure to welcome Paula to connect Inform Support. It's good to have you, Paula. Thanks, Al. Pleasure to be here. Now, Paula, before taking on this role, you work to increase awareness of disability issues. You have a legal background, not to mention your Paralympian uh, cyclist days, winning a gold medal at Beijing, two silvers, a couple of bronzes there, and you also broke a world record. Now, You have the most amazing can-do attitude to disability. How has this affected the way you tackle your role? Thanks for that, Val. Um, (laughs) Very nice of you to to, uh, compliment me on those achievements. Uh, I grew up as a disabled New Zealander and, like many others, faced a number of barriers growing up. And I guess my approach to dealing with those barriers was uh, to become quite stubborn and quite determined to really reduce those barriers and um, to be that I to be the best that I could be, um, notwithstanding that those barriers uh, were in the way. And as you say, I have a legal background. I studied law and politics at Victoria University in Wellington. And when I started out my professional career as a lawyer, I really actually hid my disability. It was something that I was not proud of and I decided that the best way to make it in the world was to pretend that I did not have a disability. And when I started cycling and made a decision to aim for the Paralympic Games, then it was quite obvious that I would have to embrace disability and that people would know I had one. And that, for me, was a really insightful and informative time in my life where, actually, I learned to embrace all the positivity of disability and to really embrace it and integrate it as part of my identity. And it was really through doing that that I then felt I could make a much bigger contribution to disability issues in New Zealand. And I stand very proudly as a uh, disabled person and I've been able to influence a a number of things through serving on different disability related boards and through being an athlete and being able to share and spread messages of what's possible and lift aspirations for disabled people and lift aspirations of how non-disabled people view disabled people Uh, but the role that I'm now in gives me a far greater opportunity to do more for a greater number of disabled New Zealanders and that's why I'm really excited to be in the role. 
So can you tell us about your role? What exactly is your role? So as the Disability Rights Commissioner, I have a statutory function under the Human Rights Act to protect and promote the rights of disabled New Zealanders. And there are a number of ways in which the legislation says that I can execute this role. So it's things like I can undertake inquiries where I consider necessary. So that's if I have a concern about something that's so significant I can't resolve in any other way, I might decide to undertake an inquiry. I have a responsibility to advise the government on the impact of policy on disabled New Zealanders. I can make public statements and work with the media to shine the light on issues affecting disabled people. Uh, I can promote research and education about best practice. I can make submissions to the government on various issues affecting disabled people. I can also intervene in court proceedings and give expert advice uh, to the court on, on matters. And I also have a role alongside the Chief Ombudsman and a group of six disabled persons organisations to monitor New Zealand's compliance with the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, as well as monitor compliance against the New Zealand Disability Strategy. So that's really holding people to account for how we're going and implementing the CRPD. So in a nutshell, that's mm -hmm. my role. So building relationships is an incredibly important part of your role and um, your relationship with the government as well. Just how behind is the disabled and health-impaired community in New Zealand? Uh, look, we've got a long way to go and that's not to suggest that progress has not been made since we implemented the CRPD nearly a decade ago. But when we really look at the rights envisaged in the CRPD, we're not where we need to be as a country. And that reflects really a, a long period of time. It's not about one government or one administration. It's, you know, over a, a long number of years, the evolution of disability rights has changed and, and grown. But right here today, we're not in the place that we need to be. So just to talk through um, my, my views around that, Firstly, if we look at the, la the, the first and last time that um, the UN examined New Zealand's compliance with CRPD, which was in 2014, the UN made a number of recommendations about what New Zealand needed to do to improve our compliance. And prior to Christmas, the group that I mentioned before, the Chief Ombudsman, myself and the six uh, DPOs, we put a, a paper up to the UN to help the UN determine its agenda for New Zealand's next examination, which will occur next year. So the UN will be here next year assessing our compliance for the second time with the CRPD. And the report that we put up prior to Christmas took the recommendations from 2014 that the UN had made and made an assessment, really, on where we were at against those. And our report notes that most of the recommendations made by the UN have not been implemented or where they have been, they've only partially been implemented. And so when I look at a decade on since having the UN Convention, which, remember, created a real paradigm shift for disabled people, and we've got an obligation in New Zealand, you know, legally binding obligations, actually, to make those rights real. So 
we're at a point where the UN's identified a range of improvements and we haven't yet acted on those, then we're not in the place that we need to be. If we look at the outcomes for disabled New Zealanders today, 42% of our young disabled Kiwis aged between 15 and 24 are not engaged in education, employment or training. That's four times the amount of non-disabled young people. That's not an outcome that we can afford to have as a country. The second is if we look at our employment stats, 25% of disabled people participate in the labour force compared with 74% of non-disabled people and the unemployment rate for disabled people is twice that of non-disabled people. So you've got some very marked differences there in educational outcomes and employment status and we know that the outcomes flowing on from that, um, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that um, further outcomes are not where they need to be if we don't get it right in education and people don't have well-meaning paid employment. The New Zealand General Social Survey that was conducted last year is also insightful in terms of revealing across a range of well-being outcomes where the disabled population is at. And the disabled population fared worse than other population groups in terms of those well-being outcomes like whether people live in safe and dry homes, um, whether people feel secure and safe, whether people feel lonely or not or have the right supports around them. And in terms of those outcomes, as I've mentioned, the disabled population fared worse than any other population group. And the other area that, that we must not lose sight of is that disabled people in New Zealand are overrepresented in care and protection stats. So that's our, our little ones who require care. Secondly, disabled people are overrepresented in youth justice stats, and we are also uh, overrepresented in violence and abuse stats. So when you look at the totality of outcomes for disabled New Zealanders, we, are, we have a long way to go. And if you look at some of the other rights encapsulated in the CRPD, you only need to look at where we're at in terms of housing in New Zealand, where 2% of the housing stock is estimated to be accessible, yet one in six people require some sort of adaptation to their home. And we've seen anecdotal evidence in social media and through the general media around some of the uh, barriers that disabled people are facing when, when finding a place to live. So, you know, you take all those things and, and then I think if, if we're also, you know, to have a really... Uh, frank discussion about attitudes towards disabled people. You know, my view is that at best people are probably indifferent and at worst discriminatory and changing attitudes towards disabled New Zealanders is, you know, has to be a priority for for our community. So, you know, that, that sort of paints a fairly grim picture but actually I'm not going to shy away from the fact that we we absolutely have to do better uh, for disabled people in New Zealand. And, of course, progress has been made, but right here today we've got a long way to go before we can say that disabled people are coming close to having their rights in the CRPD fully realised. Paula, your uh, role is a three-year appointment. What do you want to achieve in that three years? I'm really clear about what I'm focusing on and this is a role which, having just mentioned the various outcomes that disabled people face, you know, I could spend my time doing a thousand things. But 
I'm very clear that my top priorities are firstly around education and that's really around the fact that you know education is one of the most critical indicators of a life course we know that for the for the general population and the fact that I mentioned before about 42% of our young disabled people not being engaged in education training or employment is deeply concerning to me I think we've got a real opportunity with some of the announcements that have been made from the government around its 30-year vision for education, its review of tomorrow's schools. I think we've got a real opportunity to influence and shape the direction of education for disabled people. My second priority is around employment, and that won't surprise you given the stats that I mentioned before. I really want to change the attitude of all employers in the public and private sectors um, around the employment of disabled people and I'm doing some work currently with the public sector around really trying to have the public sector be an exemplar in employment and that's so that public service agencies are designing services with disabled people in mind and they're benefiting from a more diverse workforce. My third priority is around data. So at the moment, while we know a fair bit about how disabled people are faring in New Zealand. We don't have robust enough picture at a disaggregated level to really be targeting services appropriately and to really understand our disabled community. So I'm doing some work with StatsNZ and with the Office of Disability Issues around how we might put in place right measures on determining progress for disabled people and what we need to measure them and what data needs to be collected to do that so that we can get a far richer picture. My fourth priority is around shifting hearts and minds. So my view is that you could almost start to tackle any policy issue affecting disabled people, but actually if we don't change the underlying attitudes towards disabled people, then in my view we won't make other policy changes. It's hard to imagine how you might make changes in housing or transport or and, and create accessible cities if your attitudes right at the start towards disabled people are, are one of, of full inclusion. Um, so I will be looking to run a social change campaign during my term uh, which really gets at hearts and minds issues and, and changing attitudes. The fifth top priority for me is around supporting a strong disability sector. So in my view, there are, there are fantastic organisations in New Zealand doing great work for disabled people. There's no doubt about that. I'd like to see the advocacy side, though, improve to, and by that I really mean becoming stronger, being representative of all disabled people, and being strategic and and lifting the capability of advocacy in New Zealand so that we can be having discussions with government in a better way than perhaps we have in recent times. And so I'm you know, very much looking forward to working with the disability community more and, and how we might achieve that. So those are my top five priorities which I'm putting you know, initiatives around and, and a lot of the commission's resource. I also have a, a second set of priorities which I won't be doing big projects around, 
but I will be speaking out on and speaking at conferences and, and writing about. And those things relate to housing, transport, issues around neurodiversity in New Zealand, um, supported decision-making, access to healthcare services, and then uh, a, a big issue which I'm currently working on, which just so happens to have arrived in my term in the role, and that's uh, talking about the end-of-life choice bill, which is currently before select committee, and really having the conversation about what that means for um, disabled New Zealanders. So there's a lot to be working on, and um, I am a pretty determined person, and I want to tackle as many of those things as I can during my term. You are very determined, Paula, and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right.
The Honourable Carmel Sepuloni is the Minister of Social Development and Disability Issues. Minister, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Oh, thank you very much. Minister, I know you've always been committed to improving health and educational outcomes for all New Zealanders, social outcomes, especially the lower socioeconomic groups, sole parents, but also for disability uh, for disabled people. You have a wealth of experience to bring to your role. How did you become involved with disabled issues? Uh, I think through the education sector initially, because that's really where my passion lay and where I studied and where I trained. And then I guess organically I ended up in different roles where I had something to do with the disability sector and disability issues. So have increasingly become interested over the years and um, have really enjoyed working alongside disabled people to bring about positive change. I know there are many issues facing disabled people today, although opportunities are opening up since there are more inclusive uh, schools. But there are issues. What do you feel are the main issues to tackle? I guess at the higher level, it's really just ensuring that as a country we are accessible, we are inclusive, and that those barriers to disabled people are broken down. Uh, But if we go down below that, then the issues that have been brought to my attention, particularly from the independent monitoring group who monitor how well we're doing against the Convention for the Rights of Disabled People, are really uh, issues in the education system and not being fully inclusive of disabled children. Uh, Employment and the fact that we haven't yet unlocked the employment potential of disabled people, so still a, a proportionately higher rate of unemployment amongst disabled people. Access to information and communication is still an issue, even with access to information through the public sector. Uh, We know that housing is an issue for uh, a lot of New Zealand, particularly in the main urban centres, but not confined to the main urban centres, and that's felt even more so by disabled people. Uh, And there are other issues like access to data and how disabled people's data is used, uh, as well as still accesses, uh, access to adequate health supports and just the health system overall. So, yeah, clearly still a lot of work to do in this space. You've been the Minister for Disability Issues now for, what, five, six months or so? And, I, and of four course, four, only four months. Four months. And, of course, Parliament was in recess over Christmas, and I know that work doesn't stop for members of Parliament over that recess period, but you haven't had a lot of time. Can you give us an overview of what you want to achieve of government policy and initiatives? I guess, um, firstly, I just want to say, and and I keep repeating this to my ministerial colleagues who are also committed to this, I want us to um, be the government that does this better than any other government has done before in terms of actually addressing the needs of disabled people and seeing the opportunities that exist for disabled people. Uh, That means working alongside disabled people really closely. So what do we want to achieve um, in the next three years um, to be able to look back and say that actually this government has um, made huge progress in making uh, New Zealand more accessible, uh, that big changes have been made to ensure that places like our education system where there are currently barriers, um, where uh, we are inclusive. I want us to be world leaders on the international stage when it comes to disabled people, and um, that means making sure that we live up to the expectations that are laid out in the International Convention uh, for Disabled People, as well as making sure that uh, our New Zealand disability strategy is strong and we are delivering on everything that we've committed to. 
For our listeners, the, the New Zealand Disability Strategy 2016 to 2026 can actually be found online. You can have a look at that yourself. But Minister, can you tell us about the strategy and your, your part in this? Yeah, I guess the strategy is New Zealand's way of realising the rights of disabled people and um, supports the implementation of the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities in New Zealand. So um, during 2018, we'll be developing a new disability action plan, um, which will be a commitment to the actions that will need to be implemented from 2019 to 2022. Much of it will be the same in terms of uh, the, the core aspirations and what we hope to achieve. It's really just making sure that we can measure our progress um, that those action points are measurable so that we can better monitor how well we're doing um, because if we're only setting kind of aspirational targets or high-level values around what we hope to achieve for disabled people, uh, then it's really hard to measure the progress along the way. So this year is going to be a really important year for reassessing where we're at and um, setting that pathway for moving forward. So you have to make sure the government is meeting those key outcomes. Oh, absolutely. And for me, you know, if it was only the... Minister of Disability Issues, which is me, uh, working on this, then we would achieve nothing or very little for disabled people. So it's making sure that we've got the commitment uh, from key ministers, Minister of Housing, Minister of Transport, Minister of Education, Minister of Health, uh, Minister of Employment and other areas, but that we've got the commitment from those ministers and that they understand um, the the, the ways in which they need to be working to ensure that they're meeting the needs of disabled people. So I, I'm really I, I'm really heartened by the fact that to date, in the last four months, I've had a real commitment shown to me um, from those ministers and they want to be on board with this and they want to make sure that they are living up to the expectations of um, disabled New Zealanders when it comes to delivering in the portfolios that they're responsible for. Minister Sapoloni, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Connect, inform, support. Join us next week on Free FM 89.0 for support and information from parent to parent. The program can be downloaded as a podcast, and of course, you can get more information on our website, parenttoparent.org.nz. This has been Family, Fano, and Disability from Parent to Parent. I have been your host, Johanna. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that you'll join us again soon.